Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Strong. Only at GNC. Jalen Rose and David J- Live from Jake and Joe's in Waltham, this is the Boston College Football Show presented by Bud Light. For the next hour, we'll have special guests and you can get caught up on Eagles football. The Boston College Football Show is presented by Bud Light, famous among friends. Also sponsored by Bletzer and Bletzer PC, developing long-standing relationships with the clients we serve since 1959. McGovern Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, driven by you. And by Village Bank, your village your bank. Now it's time to talk BC football with the head coach Steve Adazio. Here's the voice of the Eagles, John Meter Perel. Boston College and Notre Dame will meet for the 24th time in series history coming up at Saturday afternoon at the Heights, 3.30 the kickoff time. This just in, they changed the time from noon to 3.30 so BC and Notre Dame will be playing on national TV. Always a great event at Boston College when Notre Dame comes to town. But first things first, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the BC Football Show at Jake and Joe's in Waltham. I'm John Mita Perel with the coach Steve Adazio and playing the role of Pete Cronin tonight. It's like an understudy in Hamilton. Scott Mutrin, our right. sideline reporter, plays the role of Pete. Do I get tickets for that? I think you do, yes. We'll, those we'll are, check I on would that. sell those on the secondary market. It's we a good will deal. check on that. So, Coach, is, is that a suitable replacement for Cronin? I just hope he's going to make the same big bucks that Cronin makes for doing this. <laughs> Cronin gets a salad like you, and that's about it, I think. But Is that right? I know you enjoy mute on the sidelines. So oh, we yeah. figured we'd bring him down here. And, uh, he has to see me at some of those tough moments. Not easy. Yeah, you guys <laughs> certainly uh, throw it up there. Know, know the feeling, though, Coach. Know, know the feeling of what it's like coming in when the emotion all hits you. Yeah. So I try to be respectful of the, yeah, that, no. that, that thing coming out because uh, in good and bad moments, especially right. in the good ones, you want to be able to celebrate. Right. Well, uh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, hey, we had a week off last week. Why couldn't we talk about a win? <laughs> Northern <laughs> Illinois 23-20. I do want to get to that game because I felt yeah. like that was a really good win for you guys. But first yep. things first. Uh, upon further review, you lose to Wake Forest 34-10. You looked at the game tape, I'm sure, many times. Uh, what did you find out from the tape? It's a really simple uh, review, okay? Um, we turned the ball over four times. Three of them resulted in a fast 21 points. We spotted the team 21 of the 31. So, um, you know, you just can't do that. And uh, that happened. It was uncharacteristic, but it happened. Um, and... You're just not going to win like that. And so all the other things that get done, good, bad, whatever, are not, what are you going to talk about, right? I thought there were times where we played very well in that game. And, uh, but, um, you know, you're not going to overcome a 21-point handoff. So we just got to go back and, uh, you know, we can't have that happen, you know. And I like to say, well, you know, how do you stop that from happening? Well, two of them were volleyball tips off the hands of receivers. I mean, it's not like that's something like, hey, you know, the, the balls were thrown right. They were catchable balls. They weren't caught. They bounced up in the air. And they unfortunately either went for six or went to the one-yard line. We had a fumble on our 26, which is unacceptable. Um, and, uh, 
and then we had a, a turnover uh, again, um, which you know I, I feel is, is my fault. Um, you know, should have been in a better a better pass uh, combination than what we put uh, Anthony into. I thought, all in all, he put the ball where it needed to be. You know, he was pretty much where he was supposed to be, and uh, I thought he did a lot of really good things in that game. He's a young guy, uh, you know, retro freshman. Um, we had a tough situation losing John Baker at center, our senior captain, who made all the calls up front. I, you know, we've been without Shane Leonard back up for almost a month now, with a been out with a concussion, and uh, you know, so we had to, you know, put Ben Petrullo at center, who's going to be a fabulous player here. He's never played a college football game, and he's never played center before. I thought when you add that all together, I thought he did a pretty pretty good job in there, considering all of that. But there was going to be some operational errors. There was going to be some miscommunications. There was going to be some going the wrong ways. And, you know, we got a dose of all of that. You couple that with the turnovers. And, you know, I think our kids played hard. I think, you know, we're better at a lot of positions. We took a hard hit in the gut by losing Baker. We've got a rebound from that. And uh, we've got to get, you know, ready to move forward. I mean, college football is going to stand still for nobody. I was telling my press conference today, um, Thank God we have a little bit of depth. I mean, we lost Elijah Johnson for the year in spring ball with a knee surgery, right? He was a starter. Yep. We lost, of our top six players in the rotation, we've now lost John Baker for the year. We, Sam Small was out all last week, didn't practice last week, one rep. And, and, and Shane Leonard, um, our, our backup, our sixth player, and who had a fabulous spring for us, has been out for a month. I'm grateful that we have enough depth now to, to still manage where we are because very few people can take those kind of hits and we've taken them and we're not in playing forgiving teams right now so um but our kids attitude is fantastic our staff's attitude is fantastic um we're rocking and rolling excited to play notre dame i feel like we'll have a great game plan for notre dame we got to take care of the football at all costs and uh let the things that we have seen all training camp long which has been really exciting in the throw game and in the run game let that have a chance because we could talk about a gazillion things here tonight, but if you're going to turn it over four times and give them and spot them 21 points, those other things are all skewed. It's just they never come. There's not much you can talk about regards to them. You follow me? Yeah. No, I get um, it. So, and the other thing, we got to run the ball. We got to stay with the run game a little bit more. You know, we were not counting the two-minute drill before the half. We were a 50-50, completely 50-50 run pass. We need to run. We need to hang in there with the run game, especially with a young guy right now a little bit more. Even though we want that balance and we're excited about where we think we can go with the, with the throw game, I think we need to hang in there a little bit, not go all the way back the other way, but in the same breath take a little edge off of that. So that's kind of what we're thinking about. Coach, one of the things that I talked about pregame is when you bring in a, a freshman center now, like in, in like baseball, you want to be strong in the middle. And now all of a sudden you have two very inexperienced guys right in the middle. And now you're asking, you're asking not only as a quarterback, I think a lot of people for, think that just the quarterback position is getting guys in the huddle, calling a play and throwing to the right guy. Right. It's not that way anymore. You got to slide protections. You got to call, you got to, you know, check your run game away from three technique to the five technique. But sometimes when you have an experienced center, you're able, you're able to pull some of that on, on your center, right? So And even protection calls, calling yep. out blitz stuff. Now you put two freshmen in that situation. Do you pass off some of that responsibility to a Chris Lindstrom? Even though you're moving him out, he's been out at tackle, it might be easier when he's in the guard position. Do you pass along some of those responsibilities to some of the more senior guys out there? We're trying to do that. that we're, we were in that process last week of trying to get that done. I think, you know, 
the thing that goes untalked about here, which is just all part of it, is, you know, in, in Anthony being a young guy, we're trying to keep a lot of stuff off of him. And now he's trying to do more than he was accustomed to doing. And not only that, unfortunately, we had a snap sail over his head early for about 30 yards. And now all of a sudden, he's really angst about just getting that. Do you know what I mean? And we're talking about ride to center a little bit longer in the, you know, in the, in the, in the underneath center snap. So you're just putting, you think, like, well, does that really matter? You know, for a young guy, it's a lot. And, and, and uh, you know, I think, you know, I love the way Anthony's command is of things, but you could tell that he was wearing some stress in, 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 in that game. And, and, and there's not much we can do other than, you know, uh, try to have some of the guys pick up some of the slack. But as you point out, that's the apex of the offense. Right. So one, having played as a true freshman, getting in the second game when you're, you're – I mean, I wasn't expecting to play, not prepared for all of that. I mean, just the simple things of – I had to have someone show me where the, the guy that was calling the 30 seconds left in the game, where are the play clocks. Right. You know, I luckily that I had a fifth-year guy in center, and I had a guy like Pete Mitchell who helped me out on all the TV. I'm breaking the huddle, and he's like, man, we're in TV timeouts. Stay right. back here. But one of the things that I was impressed by Anthony in the first week is he threw an interception, and he was very poised on the sideline, went to his right. teammates, head up. Um, as a young guy in those situations, like, you're just trying to, A, call the play right, you're trying to get everybody, make sure the right personnel is out. And then you start throwing those other things. And now you're thinking about, okay, now I'm worried about my footwork. Right. Now I'm worried about all these other things that, that are incorporated into it. And then the vision starts to shrink right. instead of seeing things. And then especially, I remember my first pass was an interception. So now all of a sudden you start really focusing on everything and almost holding it too tight. And you could kind of get that feeling coming into that situation that all of a sudden there were guys, you had guys open, but was he holding on to it tight? Was he worried about all these other things? And the mental capacity that, that happens in those situations, yeah, you're composed, but you know that there's other senior guys up there that you're trying to, like, you're trying to perform for these guys, and you're trying your best. It's almost like you're trying too hard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. And I think, well, you know, the, old, the other older guys got to help them out. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make some plays and, and get it started. But he took a few, you know, we, we didn't give up a sack, which is amazing, but, but he took some hits. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, our philosophy right now is we've got to really, really examine how we can take some of those off of him right now. And, uh, but, but I'll tell you something now. This guy, he's got a great look in his eye. Uh, he's got a great frame of mind right now. I mean, he is going to be a hell of a quarterback. And, 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 and you, know, you know, that's what excites me right now. I'm disappointed. Uh, I'm upset. Um, I, I get it. But, but when I look at him and then I look at that center who's going to be a hell of a player, right. and you look at uh, A.J. Dillon who's going to be a hell of a player, you know, and you sit there and you say to yourself, we just got to be steady in the boat and let these guys come along as freshmen and you're going to have to grind through some of these some of these things, you know, we had some, you know, people say, like, I want to hear you say you're young anymore. I got it. And, and, and I, we had some more experience up front, but we, we've lost a lot of that right now. It Unfortunately, was, it's, it's the game of football. It was impressive. Even when you made the decision to take him out of the game, at some point you can see the head down, the, the shoulder shrug. He tried to get back in the huddle to go back yeah. in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's, that shows you right then that you're, you're not afraid. You're not afraid. You're like, hey, I own, I'm manning up. I'm owning my mistakes. But throw me back out there because I'm going to yeah. throw a touchdown this time. Yeah. Now, he's, he's like I said, he's got a good look about him. Um, you know, we just – I just wanted to make sure – he needed to be able to take a deep breath right there for a minute. He's, he's, what you don't want to do with a young guy is make that situation compound at that point, you know, and, and you know that better than anybody. So, um, but he's, he's our quarterback. He's going to be rocking and rolling against the Irish here on Saturday. And, and you know what? 
I bet he has a hell of a day on Saturday, you know, because he's a, he's a competitor. And then he'll make some really – and the guys around him and coaches, we have got to really help him. We've got to really put a good plan together that doesn't put too much on his shoulders, but enough so that we can win that game, you right. know. Run blocking is probably a work in progress. I know you want to probably establish the run a little bit more. Yeah. What is – that what does that area of the game have to do to get uh, more consistent? Well, you're, you you got too many different pieces in here right now. Um, you know, uh, the apex of the offense, as we just said, is a quarterback in the center. The center needs a chance to, to 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 learn how to be a center and to learn how to play college football. He's got a ton of ability and he's a great kid. I mean, like Anthony. I mean, this guy is all ball. So I think his development will happen relatively fast. But you know, I mean, it needs to happen in rocket time and. Um, so we just need to get we just need to get our blocking you know we, we need to get gelled together again there's some calls that have to happen sooner and quicker and you know and, and I think um, there were times in the game where we started put you can see it on the tape where it started coming together yep. you know and, and we just got to be a little bit more consistent with it we had a few situations we went the wrong way we did a few things that, you know you just you got penetration in there one of the things you know as an O-line coach and I know from listening to many O-line coaches in my in my times is Unlike any other unit, that unit is so dependent on all the other four, five, all five parts working together, that all four, four parts got to work. So if your right guard is worried about your center not being able to reach to this, then your right guard's not doing his job, then the tackle's not doing his job. So instead of getting to second level and linebackers, now all of a sudden we're that half-step right. slow. Right. And half-step slow in, in, this, in ACC football is, is going to get you burnt. And it's one of the things that you noticed that, um, especially with with your with, with patrol of the young center is that what is Wake going to do? Are they going to put someone head up on him, make him think on the stretch on those zones? Is he going to have to reach to that stretch? Then you worry about the snap. And if everyone's kind of worrying about that, then it kind of leaves everyone a half step slow. But interesting to hear how if these guys all pick it up and kind of get moving in the right direction, it's a quick fix. Like you do your job, right guard. He'll be able to do his job. Just let him do it. Yeah. Just let him do it. Don't try to do his job. You do your job. I think that's exactly right, and I think we just got to rebuild the confidence that we had started to establish. We came through training camp with a lot of confidence now, I'm just telling you. And, you know, we, it disintegrated a little bit right now. And, you, you know, we, we got to rebuild it. We got to re-gel it. We, you know, it'll get better each week. Each week it'll get better. I know it's probably not what everybody wants to hear, but... You know, they want to hear it get better, but as fast as possible. I get that. But, you know, we're like I said earlier, we're not playing forgiving teams in that process right now. And, uh, you know, this is a hell of a team that's coming in here. Uh, they're, they're an older uh, defense. They're big. They're physical. And, uh, but we got a good look about us right now, I'm telling you. And so, you know, I think what we saw last week will be a lot better this week. And um, we just got to make the plays that are available there to be made. And try to get rid of all those rough edges, the the MAs, the, what are mental mistakes that create unblocked guys or penetrations or throw yourself out of sync. And like you said, Scott, you can't have everybody's got to do their job and stop worrying about trying to do the next guy's job. And you know, even with the staff, sometimes what happens is you get a little concerned about. Well, we we really thought we'd be able to do this. Well, you know what? We're not doing that right now. Okay, so move on. You know, we're going to have to find another way to approach this right now. And that's kind of where we are. We're, we're in that process right now. I felt good about our preparation today. And I think, uh, you know, we've got a, our, our biggest goal right now is to boost the confidence uh, of this unit that got kind of torn apart really quickly, yep. you know. 
and try to rebuild it back just as quickly. Well, certainly a, a win could definitely solve that. Coming up, we'll preview the Notre Dame game. We'll also hear from a special guest coming up as well. It's the BC Football Show with Steve Adazio at Jake and Joe's in Waltham. It rolls along after this from Anheuser-Busch. You can always count on the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light, just like you can always count on Always Game Gary. No bar is too far. No wing sauce is too hot. Not for Gary. Gary is the man. He's nothing like Keith. Keith never wants to do anything. Why are we even talking about Keith? Always Game Gary is famous among friends. He deserves a Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. Brown to the shotgun, three wides left, rolling to the left, looking, fires, end zone, touchdown, Boston College. Michael Walker is the first eagle in the end zone in 2017. Welcome back to the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. To talk more X's and O's with Coach Adazio, here again, John Meter Perel. Great to have you with us on another edition of the BC Football Show from Jake and Joe's in Waltham. We invite you to drop by every Monday night between 7 and 8. Come by, say hello to the coach, say hello to the BC Gridiron Club, a cast of thousands here. You never know who's going to drop by. Scott Mutrin playing the role of Pete Cronin. I'm John Mita Perel. Coach, Notre Dame week is always special. Haven't played them in a couple of years. Last time was at Fenway. You lost 19-16. I know a game you probably say, man, we could have won that game too, but... Every time BC and Notre Dame gets together, it seems like the competitive fires are stoked even higher. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think, you know, obviously long before I got here, this was a very competitive rivalry type game. That was evident, um, like you said, two years ago when we played them in Fenway. It'll be a great atmosphere. The game's moved back a little bit later, which will probably uh, help enhance that atmosphere. And uh, they got a really good football team now. Um, you know, I watched them play last week against uh, Georgia. And uh, George's got a really good football team. And that was a heck of a game. So it's going to be quite a contest here. And uh, our kids are really, uh, you can tell, there's, uh, we were together on Sunday on, in practice watching tape, and there's, there's a pretty good pep in their step, you know. From a leadership perspective, you take a hit with John Baker's absence out for the year with a torn ACL. Yeah. What needs to be done to fill that leadership void? Well, one of the things we did was, Charlie Callen, uh, we, we named uh, offense a uh, captain. And so, you know, we, you know, we only had two. We had John and Cam, so now we have Charlie and Cam. Charlie's been around a long time. Charlie is a tremendous leader for us, a great a high character, been through a lot kind of guy. The kids really respect him, so we did do that last week. We announced him last week. He walked out for the coin toss, and, uh, he, you know, he's going to be one of the 2017 captains. I mean, and uh, so that, that's one thing we did. Coach, after watching kind of that Georgia game and you saw there were, you know, some young, inexperienced quarterbacks in that game as well, um, what did you notice something for Notre Dame-wise, maybe scheme or style-wise that has changed in the last two years that you guys maybe want to attack on, on offense and defensively that you saw during those, that game? Well, the first thing that I've, I noticed, you know, more, different than scheme, I'll tell you what I noticed. I think that they're playing a lot harder and, 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 and with more intensity um, than, I, than, I, than I remember. You know, they were very talented a couple of years ago, but this team plays really hard. And that, that's one thing that kind of struck me just a little bit when I was watching the tape. You know, and I, on, on Sunday and Monday, I spend most of my time watching their defense. And then uh, tonight and tomorrow, I'll spend time watching their offense. And, uh, but defensively, I think they've got some older guys that play. They're big. 
the physical, and they play hard. To their credit, they play very, very hard on defense. Yep. That's one of the standout things, and, I, and they have speed. They can run. Their back end has is, is, is got really good speed. So, uh, you know, schematically, they're playing – they're different than they were. Schematically, they're playing Wake's defense. The coordinator, uh, you know, Elko, we're going to play the same defense we just played. From Wake, Wake yep. defense. You know, the same defense, which is, you know, probably a good thing, you know. So, and now getting back to, to, to BC's defense. Now, the first two games haven't seen a ton of explosive plays, sacks, fumble recoveries, interceptions, but have been close on, on a bunch. There were three times the ball hits the carpet, a couple yeah. real close plays. Do you see that? Does the defense feel that, that they're just, a, you know, a half skosh away? I mean, even with the fourth down conversion in the, in the further, first game against Northern Illinois, a yeah. couple times where you had Wofford almost buried and, and, or stuck in the backfield and just this close to making some explosive plays on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean, listen, our goal on defense, keep them under 285 total yards for the game. We held this team at 309, and that's after the offense gave them four turnovers and three, 21 points. Um, John Wolford is a gamey, tough kind of guy. We face two teams that are quarterback run teams where they're going to run the quarterback intentionally. So they're going to equate numbers. It's hard to put an extra hat when you have the quarterback runs. So he, he made a couple of plays. But if you look at the stats on it, you know, in both games, that got skewed a little by some big plays. I think we've got to do a good job eliminating like the northern the quarterback had that big run and then John had a couple of big runs. But all in all, I think we're playing pretty consistently. In terms of sacks, people are really uh, concentrating on the quick game, getting the ball out or max protecting and doing a lot of different things like that. I think we're playing pretty, pretty well on defense. I think, you know, we're a step away right now from making some more big plays. We'd like to create some turnovers. We haven't really had a great opportunity with that. And that's something we haven't talked about yet. Pleasant surprise, the kicking game yeah. with Colton oh. Lichtenberg. Mute's a big fan of kickers, but you got to be a big fan of the guy we're about to talk to right now, who is one of the BC legends. His name is David Gordon. 24 years ago in South Bend, Indiana, David Gordon kicked a monumental field goal against the Fighting Irish as BC won the game, and it was his ball game to win or lose, and he nailed it, and he's joining us on the phone line right now. David that's Gordon. Awesome. Good evening. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Johnny DePerel, Scott Mutrin, Steve Adazio. Take us back to that time 24 years ago. First of all, does it feel like 24 years, Dave, or it feels like yesterday? No. It does not seem like 24 years. So I can't believe it's been 24 years, but it is, I guess. So, yeah. What, what was going through your mind when, when Tom Coughlin sent you out there to, to, to hit the field goal? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was nervous. Uh, There's a lot going through my mind. The great thing was that uh, Coach Coffin was great in, pr in preparing us for these situations. We used to do a two-minute drill just like that every Thursday for special teams, you know, a minute 30, one time out. So the good news is we prepared for stuff like this, and um, that was the good news. And so it's a little different, obviously, playing at Notre Dame in the significance of that game, but uh, it still it, it helps prepare for, for events like that. So that was good. So one of the funny stories about Dave, we overlapped for one year. When I came in, they asked me my choice of number, and my high school number was 14. And, they go, and I go, can I have 14? And they're like, that's the guy that just made the biggest kick in Boston College history, and you're not going to get his number. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to get that one. 
Um, oh, I didn't know that, UT. Oh, boy, yeah. gosh. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm obviously not going to touch on who had better hair, you or Beckley. That's a story for another day. <laughs> I know you guys battled that in the locker room, but right. we won't touch on that. Now, the, okay. the real question is, when that ball comes off your foot, everyone in the stands from Notre Dame and BC fans sees that ball as it's going to be a huge hook and you're going to miss it to the right. When, when, that, when you saw the ball drifting, did you know, did you play that natural slice or did you just, were you just hoping that it was going to cut back in there? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I, I rushed it because I was so worried about getting blocked that I went a little quicker than I normally do. But I knew that it's kind of like golf. Like, you know when you hit a golf shot and, and you kind of know if, if you are square to the target. Like, I knew that fundamentally I was okay. I just hit a little funny off my foot. And I knew if, if I landed square towards the target, because I, I always know like if, if my numbers are facing the goalpost and I'm square to that, the ball should go straight. And so that's what happens. It just that I, it, it, it hit my foot in a, little, in a little different, like on my toe. So I kind of got more of a little action on the ball than it, normally like on my instep, which is more of a truer kick. But as long as my body was square to the target, I knew it was good. So that's so what Dave, happened when that. When, Dave, when that ball goes through and you turn around and now all of a sudden, because kickers aren't exactly the biggest guys, you're going to get mobbed by the biggest human beings in your entire life. Now, what were you thinking? Were you thinking celebration or survival at that point? Uh, survival, to be honest with you, because the entire team was on top of me and it was just chaos. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I had a hard time breathing and it was just so much excitement and so much adrenaline, as you can imagine. Um, it just happens so quick. You know, life happens so quick, and these moments go by so quick. And to be, able to, pre to be able to be in that situation at that time is just something that you dream about, obviously, and that's why we, we play the game. And it was just so much excitement that it was almost out of control because everybody went on the field, and I'm just glad that they got up quick because I'm not sure how long I could have lasted on, you know, on all those guys, but uh, it, it all worked out. So. You had to feel confident, though, Dave, sitting on the sideline watching the game because BC was moving the ball all day. Glenn Foley was on fire. Pete Mitchell could not be stopped. Notre Dame was matching you. It was almost who, who, had, the la who had the ball last was going to win the game. But wasn't there a pervasive feeling of confidence around the team that you were going to win the game no matter what? Yeah. Just like you said, I mean, we, our offense was so good that game. They were moving the ball at will and making the plays. And, um, you know, it just it came down really to the last possession, to be honest with you. And we just were fortunate that they scored and, and there was time on the clock for us to uh, get the points we needed to win the game. But obviously, I mean, Glenn played so well. The whole offensive line, you know, all the receivers, everybody. It was just total team effort. And, uh, you know, the biggest play in that game is so underrated. When, when Ivan Boyd caught that that ball to put in the middle of the field. No one realizes how much it helps a kicker. I'm just telling you, it's a huge thing than being on, on those hash marks. It, the angle is so much tougher kicking from the hash. And that's, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you. You know, if you had your way, exactly where would you want that ball? Some guys want, you know, some guys like it on a certain hash, you know, but yeah, you I wanted, don't. That, I like it you right wanted that ball right in the middle of the field. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the advantages, too, on the hash, to be honest with you, is the field isn't as chewed up. Because in the middle, like at that time of the year, the field was not in great shape, and yeah. uh, the grass isn't as good. But I don't care. I like the ball right in the middle, and it's just for me. It's it's just a target thing. I just it's easier for me to 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 make the kick straight ahead versus that angle. You know. Well, we, so. we talk about competitive excellence. You know, when your number's called, 
Uh, you can you can make that play that has to be made in the most competitive moments. And obviously, you were at competitive excellence. You know, you were you were ready for your number to be called and make the play. And and in sports, in the biggest moments, that's that's an interest. You know, something that you need to have. Your players need to have competitive excellence. You know that that you can handle the moment. It's not too big. Yeah, and again, I I give a lot of credit to our coaching staff because they really prepared me for that situation, and it was up to me to be ready for it. And you know, I used to practice all alone, but it's different practicing on your own. You know, when, when you're out there with the team and the snap and the hold, you know, it's a totally different environment. And you know, I wish I got more opportunities in practice with live situations like that, but we did it at least once a week. And to me, that was good enough. And, uh, you know, some teams don't spend a lot of time on special teams, you know, and, and Coach Coffin really did. And uh, it just helped me immensely by, by doing that. And uh, I really I owe it a lot to the coaching staff for preparing me, to be honest with you. So, so it's a piece of history you got right there. And you're sitting, what, in your early 40s right now? Yep. Uh -huh. You get a chance to look back in those great moments right there. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Not bad. It is. It's, uh, see, it's really see, Dave, I would say for you, in the 24 years since that happened, how many Notre Dame grads have you met? And when you said, I'm the guy that ruined your national title hopes, how much happiness does that bring to your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, it brought a lot to mind. Be but honest. i got to be honest with you. They are some very passionate fans, and they do not like me. I'll be honest with you. And, no, they uh, don't like you. I was at Notre Dame coaching for four years. I can <laughs> let me help you out. They don't like you at all. So, no you doubt about it. You know Mark Bavaro, right? Uh, he is not a big fan of mine. I can <laughs> tell you that. And his wife is from Connecticut, and her parents they don't even talk to me. They're so mad. to this day they're still mad at me. Oh, so. better to be feared than loved. Yeah. You? <laughs> yep. You, you. That was a lightning rod moment for for all of us uh, sur surrounding the BC program, but. Dave, what are you doing now, and how are things going in your life? Um, I'm actually, I, I, I'm from Connecticut. Uh, I, I'm in Avon, Connecticut. Um, I have three children, and they're growing up so quick. Uh, my, my oldest is at Avon Old Farms High School, where I went to high school. And all three of our kids are, are really into hockey. If you know anything about youth hockey, it's pretty competitive, and they're playing in this uh, league in Boston called the Eastern Federation League, and uh, so I'm in Boston like every weekend from uh, now until end of March, so that, that's what I do, and when I do work, we have our own company, my wife and I, we have a custom home building company, and that's what we've been doing for 20 years, and so it's been good, it's been very good, and I'm blessed to have BC Education, which I, I'm hoping our kids have the opportunity as well. So. Sounds like you're a busy guy. Are you coming to the game Saturday? Unfortunately, I'm going to be in Bridgewater, Massachusetts at a hockey game with my son. So, unfortunately. I know this hockey dad life. Hockey this, this hockey dad life not football dad life at all. It's tough living. Nope. You still go to Luke's Donuts? I do. Yes, it's mm -hmm. great. That way, you know, I'm a Farmington guy. You know, I hated Avon where you grew up. You know, that was our rival. And, you know, I used to drive down there on Sundays and go get a Luke's Donut after we would beat Avon. Okay. But, you know, yeah, it's a great, great town, but still. I just really got a bad feeling right now that's going through me when I heard Avon. It just really bothered me a lot. But I got to get over it because you did so many great things for BC. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. David Gordon, always a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And we always remember the kick. Great. Thank you guys so much. Take care, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Good luck to success. You got it. David Gordon, okay. BC legend, the man with the toe. Not like Das Boots, Max Schulze Geisel, as we call him. That's his new nickname, right? Das Boot. <laughs>
German for the boot. German for the boot, exactly. <laughs> BC kickoff artist, but that was good. That was, he's certainly got it going, doesn't he, Dave Gordon? Avon can't stand it, huh? It's our rival. Avon. Avon. I mean, it was the Farmington-Avon game. That was Thanksgiving Day. That yeah. was our rival game, and just kind of been ingrained for me, and I hadn't really heard that in a long, long time, but it just kind of grabbed me really quick. Well, at least the, the Notre Dame fans love me because I, I choked the last game away that I played against them, so they love me. So at least it's good to have someone on the other end that knows how it feels to be. No, it feels to be on the you other end. a couple points. <laughs> He's Scott Mutant. I'm Johnny Perel. Steve Adazio with you on the BC Football Show. We're back with more after this at Jake and Joe's from Anheuser-Busch. You can always count on the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light. Just like you can always count on Tailgate Terry. Without Tailgate Terry, you wouldn't have cold Bud Lights and seven-layer dip at every pregame. That's 56 layers per season. Just the right amount if you ask Terry. Just don't ask him while he's inflating the eight-foot mascot he blows up for tailgating. Tailgate Terry is famous among friends. He deserves a Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. 2.17 remaining, Jeff Smith to hold. We'll kick it from the left to Ash, from left to right. Martin the snap, the spot, the kick on the way, and it's good. A muddy shot by Colton Lichtenberg. The Boston College Football Show presented by Bud Light continues. Here again, John Meter Perel. And good to have you with us on the BC Football Show. Every Monday night, 7 to 8 at Jake and Joe's, 128 in Waltham. Scott Mutrin, Jami DePerel, Steve Adazio, Colton Lichtenberg, 3 for 3 against Northern Illinois, Specialist of the Week in the ACC. Nailed another one on Saturday. Looks like he's gaining some more confidence. And that was a spot that you, entering the season, had some concern about, right? Yes. I mean, uh, I wouldn't say that we had great consistency in training camp. But uh, it certainly has come along. And as you mentioned, uh, Max has done a great job kicking off. And Mike Knoll had a good day punting. And Mike Walker did a good job with kick returns and punt returns. I think we got some really good speed on our special teams units. So, you know, we got to continue to play well there. That's a big piece of this right now. And Notre Dame always seems to have good returners. They have McDonald's or All-Americans all over the field. Their kicker's been pretty good as well. But when you look at this Notre Dame roster, do you see a team that's loaded? Do you say, man, this team is Clemson-like talent? How do you compare them? I mean, they're very talented. Um, and uh, I think that that's a team that's going to continue to grow as the year goes on. Um, you know, and they're playing really hard, really aggressive football. And, uh, you know, I think they're coming off of a tough year. And I think they, you know, you can see that this is a team that is, is hungry and angry. No. So, so to get away from the kicker people, I'm going to go to some impact players in the defensive side. I, I don't. I don't. No, well, so that's me, though. I'm allowed to have an opinion. That's fine. So getting back to some <laughs> impact. Talk to Adam Vinatieri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back, getting back to the impact <laughs> we players. We have talked a lot uh, about kickers. And it's over-talking about them, in my opinion. Just saying. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, you have three big impact players on your defensive line. Not just Harold Landry, but Zach Allen and Wyatt Ray have started well this year. And an interesting thing I, I noticed in the beginning of, of the weight game is Coach Pascaloni and probably Coach Reed bumping Zach down to put him on the same side as Harold. Usually he's on the outside, so now you put those two on the same side. Now you're going to force who's going to have to pick a double team here, and now you're going to get one of your, one of your impact guys a single block. Um, how, how some of that, those schemes are the ideas to, to kind of let loose some of those impact guys up front? 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they are playmakers, um, and we're going to move them around and, and try to get matchups that are favorable and create matchup problems, and uh, we got to continue to do that, you know, and uh, we're working hard at that right now. So those guys, you know, the, one of the things that allows us to do some things too is the fact that Ray Smith is playing so well inside, and Noah Merritt has really given us some real strong play. And then we've got good linebackers now, you know. I mean, uh Connor Strahan has done a great job on the on the outside edge, and then uh, Ty Schwab and Max uh, Richardson has been Max has done a phenomenal job at, at the uh, inside linebacker position. So, you know that allows you to really move some checkers around up front and do some things. You know, so they've they've played well. What's your biggest concern about Notre Dame's offense? Well, I think you know they've got some speed out in the perimeter. And they've got a very athletic quarterback. He's big. He's good, good size. Now, I mean, we recruited him, and uh, he's a talented guy that can got a good arm, and, uh, and he's capable of beating you with his feet as a runner. And now this will be the third week we've had a, a running quarterback, and uh, you know that that adds more some more stress to you. And so, uh, you know, you got to account for that. You know, you you know you just can't be reckless. Uh, up the field and pass rush, he'll pull that thing down and take off on you. On quarterback draws, does that come down to assignment football? Well, there's a lot of things that go to quarterback draws, you know. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, you got to be able to maintain a level rush. you got to be able to have good interior presence. If you're twisting, you got you can't be out of your gaps. You know, you got to be gap sound on all the things you do on those QB draws, you know. You, and you can't just be reckless up the field and turn the corner and give big gaping lanes or the guy's going to step up and find a seam and the next thing you know, the chains are moving. Coach, you touched on this in the in the first segment, talking about the familiarity of the the same. De you're facing the same defense two days ago. Now the personnel change, and, and that's the same. How much does that help you guys preparation to get in there and know what you're going to face scheme wise? Because you already put, you know, granted the personnel was different and the execution is different, but does it help your game plan to almost get ahead of the action to be able to know that you're facing the same defense again? I think it does for sure. The problem is, is we have to do some different things to account for our personnel issues. Um, and, 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 and the good news is it's the same defense. The bad news is that uh, this coordinator is, is, I think, is one of the better coordinators in college football right now. And, uh, you know, he's really sound. Uh, Elko does a great job. Um, the kids are, you know, the, the schemes, the blitz packages on third down and on first and second down, the line games, the stunts, they're really well put together. Uh, this is a guy who knows what he's doing. And uh, so, you know, uh, it's a really... It's a, the personnel's good, and the scheme is really good. And the guy running that is, is excellent at what he does. Now, it is a help that we're not, it's not something totally different on top of all that. But, you know, they'll have some tweaks too, you know. One of the things that you talk about, especially with the young quarterback, to give him an, some confidence underneath his, uh, underneath his shoulders is throwing early in, the, early in downs on first and second down. Where the, you're not going to get those complicated blitz looks, and you're able to, to distribute the ball because you can pretty much predict first and ten, second and, and medium kind of coverage, what, you, what they're going to be limited to do. Is that something that you guys think of? Is that a way to get some other personnel going? Maybe a Tommy Sweeney who's, you know, you're trying to get him the ball, but it's just, just kind of missing there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we want to distribute the ball. And, uh, and, and you know, obviously on first and second down, it's, it's going to be a little less hairy. I think we've got to be a little more careful on third down. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to keep trying to do that. You know, I think we're going to have to get our run game more established, though. I think that that, you know, I, I, I'm not, it's not where I, I felt like we would be. I know some of the reasons why it is not, but we've got to move it ahead. And, um, 
I think that's really important because a good run game will take some pressure on early downs off of that throw game. And uh, so we just got to get functioning uh, at, at a better level. Um, that's some of the stuff we're working on right now. Uh, when I said, you know, we, 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 we've got to do some different things. And uh, I think we have to to accommodate what's happened here to us. So, you know, the, the six weeks of preseason we put in, it's not all gone, but it's not all valid either right now. You know, so, you know, uh, we've got some things we've got to get done this week, plain and simple. A.J. Dillon looks like he's close to breaking a 60-yard run. A lot of times maybe he's losing his footing. Seems like it's almost a puppy out there. Uh, getting two games maybe speeding up a little bit. What's, the, what's that a product of for him falling down a little bit? I just think that, you know, I think you and Scott hit it. I mean, he's, you know, he's, you know, uh, getting his confidence, um, getting his comfort. You know, he's, he just got here. Right. I mean, and everybody's like, you know, that's why we're trying to, we're trying to move him in. And, and, and start to become a bigger part of what we do, but but you know there's a there's a uh, there's a growing pain process here, but uh, he's got tremendous talent, and I think that with every game you're going to see him get more explosive because he's explosive. I mean he's got legitimate speed and size, and I think that's right around the corner now where those things start to bang in for you, you know, and, and we desperately you know need that to come together. Yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. There's no doubt about that. Coming up, we'll get Coach Adazio's keys to the game. We'll wrap it up here from Jake and Joe's on the BC Football Show right after this from our good friends at Anheuser-Busch. Play fake Brown, rolling to the right. Dumps it off. Caught. Touchdown, John Hilleman. Touchdown, Eagles. And Hilleman is the eagle in the end zone. Nice drive by Boston College. Welcome back to the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. To talk more X's and O's with Coach Adazio, here again, John Meter Perel. That was BC's lone touchdown against Wake Forest. Coach, a drive, you had eight plays, 57 yards. We looked at each other. We said, all right, everything's back on track now. I'm sure you felt the same way on the sideline. That was towards the end of the second quarter. And then it got off the track again. But, hey, you had to be yeah. pleased with that drive, right? I was very pleased with that drive. I was pleased with the uh, drive after the half when we went down the field, and, and uh, I would have liked to have seen us, you know, catch that ball and score that touchdown. Instead, we had to settle for a field goal. But, you know, uh, there were some good drives and very good moments, um, and uh, but but we've got to piece more of that together. And, and, and of course, you know, you know, I made a decision to be aggressive. We called the timeouts to get ourselves into the position before the half to try to go down and score. I mean, we really feel like we have a guy that can – can throw it and, and and you know we the week before we did that it was a good strategy for us uh unfortunately uh you know like i said uh you know the ball got tipped up in the air and and, and unfortunately going into the half uh you know we, we got ourselves down by that score which was uh i would have liked the two things i would have liked to seen different but you know it's it's life one would be i thought we had a great opportunity early on before we we we, we uh had that snap miscue to hit we were down I think we were on the 30 yard line or so uh, get you know I thought we had good momentum there and, and then we lost that one and then we lost uh, you know we gave up that one before the half and I think that uh, then we still like I said still came out in the second half and you know and, 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 and had good drive there then you know later in the game you know you're now you're now you're slinging it every down trying to see if you can get yourself back in the game it's not a good position really to be in 
Coach, one of the things I like to judge on, on any quarterback is how they handle pace and the two-minute drill. You learn a lot about your quarterbacks when you put them in that situation. Some quarterbacks are calling their own plays, um, but the pace of the game comes up. But the, as the pressure amps, you see the quarterback's calmness and ability to handle and process that, that information. Now, you guys are already going at a good pace right now. Do you think that you guys even kind of give, you know, on the ball almost like that two-minute drill like you have with, with Anthony right now? Because he seems to really excel in that. He did exceptional job against Northern Illinois in that. And he was going – he threw to the right guys in the two-minute drill in, in, in Wake. It just the result was bad, and that happens sometimes. But how confident do you feel in maybe even picking up the pace for him, not to give away trade secrets, but, I mean, just to give him a little more and to, to, because he seems so comfortable doing it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he is, and I think, you know, it was kind of interesting. Even after that pick, we came right back again and went back in it again. Right. And like you said, at that point, he made a couple of throws, which were great to see, and then he, you know, then then to the right people, a little off target, you know, and, 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 I, and I think what we need to do is maybe give him some better starters, some better starter plays, and, uh, and, 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 and I think we can do that, you know, some some easier throws just to get going and get that, you know, sometimes that two-minute thing, half of it is getting it going. Right. You know, even with a screen or a draw or a, or a uh, quick game or a, you know, and I think because he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna fire it. So I think we, we've got some things we've got to work on there. Um, and, and, uh, but I think he showed a lot when he came back out that second round and he was still firing. You know? I think he has the, I said this two weeks ago, best arm velocity that I've seen since I've been doing the game since Matt Ryan in terms of his velocity and the way he spins it. Wasn't there with, for you, Mute. I know you had a live arm. I was shifty. But he's got a howitzer. He's got a strong arm. And as I said, Scott and I, I think we are talking earlier, I mean, he's going to throw guys open. I mean, that ball's going to come out when it's yep. supposed to come out. You know, he's, 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 he's pretty, good, pretty good with that. He's going to see the whole field better and better as he goes. Um, but he, 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 he can fire it. Does he do a good job of talking with you and Scott and saying, Coach, I feel comfortable in this play, or I, how about this play? Because yep. when you're younger, you tend to just be like, yes, Coach, yes, Coach. You don't want to get in, in, the, in the way of everything. But does he give his input to you guys and to kind of say, hey, I, I, let's throw this a little more. This I feel really good on early. Does he give that kind of input to you guys? Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's got a good confidence level to him, and he carries himself really well, uh, even in tough moments. And I think that's a critically important deal. And so he does. Uh, he's a good communicator, really good communicator. And, uh, you know, uh, he's shown us that now over the course of these two games. And that's why, you know, I know that he'll, you know, he's going to come out and he's going to play well Saturday. I, I believe that in my heart. And speaking of that game, BC and Notre Dame, the keys to the game brought to you by the Alden McGovern Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, now owned by BC alum Matt McGovern, 777 Washington Street in Newton, or McGovernJeep.com. Coach Dazio drives a beautiful car from there, and I know you enjoy the service they give you every time you're in there. Yeah, I mean, it's a really uh, great place uh, to make you feel like you're part of the family. They take care of you, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a really good experience. The product's excellent, and, uh, you know, those guys are great guys and great supporters of Boston College, and, and uh, so, you know, I would wholeheartedly recommend that uh, anybody go in there and, and buy an automobile. They do it the right way. All right, BC, Notre Dame, both teams coming off losses. Notre Dame 2019 to Georgia. What do you have to do to get it done? 
Well, the obvious. I mean, the obvious is we certainly can't turn the ball over. I mean, that's just not going to work out for us, okay? So that's the obvious. The next thing is our run game productivity has got to increase. Um, we got to be able to keep firing the ball when we got to be firing the ball. Uh, defensively, um, we, we've got to take care of some of the uh, big explosive plays and, and, and create some turnovers. Uh, we've got to special teams have been really good, but we've got to get some game changers now on special teams. Um, we were real close to blocking a punt. We were real close to busting a kickoff return back. We need to have one of those game changers. I think that'll be critical in this game. So um, a special teams game changer. Uh, we've got we to gotta get more productivity out of the run game. On defense, we've got to create some turnovers, and we've got to limit the big plays. You've talked a lot about managing Harold Landry's minutes. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you talk to Coach Pascone, who's got a tremendous amount of experience with these pass rushers. And, you know, it's critically important on third down that you have a guy that can go in and can change the game. If you have a guy that is gassed, then you have, a, you have taken what he does best and unique, which is rush the quarterback at a very high level, and you have now pulled that back and done them a favor. So you've got to be able to rest him and keep him fresh in those situations, um, you know, and... and, and to the best of your ability, and that's that's what we've worked real hard on doing, so that he is a he has a fastball in third down situation, not a half a fastball. Yeah, well, I'm sure he'll have the fastball coming on Saturday, Coach. Great to see you. All right, John. Good thanks, luck. Scott. Thanks. Appreciate it. Pleasure, Scott. Mutchin. Hope I filled in admirably. Nicely done. Very nicely done. Look out, Cronin. Here's do, Wally Pip. Do you like uh, do you like Meter's leprechaun shirt that he wore? Really for this concerned one? that John Meter Perel has decided to wear the Irish colors here <laughs> right a, now. Was, I fumbled yeah, at the two yeah. yard line. I mean, I'm he's sorry. he's in Nike and he's in green. I, I know. And uh, I'm a major, little concerned. It, it's an ugly green too. It's a major so, violation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he does have BC sneakers on. Yeah, I'm going to give him course. that right now. Come on, Un beautiful pair of Under Armour. Yeah, See, maroon that's sneakers, that's legit. Some yeah, clashing. I don't know about the socks, but other than that, we're good. Listen to Armani over there. The, yeah, for well, Scott I, I dressed up. I look good. For Scott Mutchin, I'm Jamie DePro. Coach Steve Adazio, we're back again Saturday at 3 on the BC IMG Sports Network. Have a great week, everybody, and thanks for listening to the BC Football Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.